the role of community is often underplayed. Maybe it's because they're viewed as um, accessory to, to what we do instead of being, that's where our students are ahead. The, our students know that yeah. community health workers are key. This week's episode features Dr. Yvette Lopez. She earned her PhD in population health and is currently a faculty member in the medical school. From the moment she began her journey, she knew that everything she does, from research to outreach, would be for the benefit of the diverse and vibrant communities she has served for the past three decades. Dr. Lopez tells us her story of finding meaning in her career and talks about how our medical students have a unique opportunity to learn by working alongside community health workers. Thank you so much, Dr. Lopez, for meeting with me. I wanted to start off and just um, have you talk about your career. First of all, thank you so much for the invitation. Um, how it happened is a very convoluted story in that I didn't follow. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not as young as, as one might hope. So I've been at, <laughs> and my career spans now three decades. In those three decades, a lot of things have happened, like mentoring of new professionals, you know, um, programs to guide you through. And um, I, if I had mentors, they were old professors or informal, you know, folks in the field. So they were not like your K-track um, mentors, you know, NIH certified folks. With that came... Um, Something good and something bad. Something bad and that you don't have, you don't go walking up a stair step that was made for you. Right. Um, you kind of go, okay, now what? Right. right. Yeah. So, um, but that was a, a fortunate thing for me because it allowed me to look into um, many partnerships and many different places, you know, at the university, yes, but outside, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so my love of working with communities started there. When I was in, ac uh, in academia, I was one of very few, the only one in the classroom or things like that, you know, um, going to community for me was survival, because I had to be around people like me, you know, I had to be around people that spoke with an accent and, you know, and, and, and bump into things and, and fell and, and got back up and looked around, made sure nobody saw, you know, uh, you know, that kind of um, person of human. And so in doing that, I learned many other cultures, you know, that I didn't know. And, um, you know, learned to stand for one another in different communities. So, you know, I'm Latina, you know, I'm from Puerto Rico. Where are you from, Tom? I'm from Utah, but my family's from Peru. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't know people like from, you know, Argentina or, you know, any of these other countries. And I certainly didn't know that many um, Asians and the, and the definition of Asian, right? That's a travesty because what is an Asian? There's so many people of different cultures, language. But I didn't know that many um, Latinos. So that opened that door. So you, once that door is open, you can't, I mean, I guess you could, but it, it's like you, everything seems so lifeless without all these cultures and all this orientation toward. And when I found out that you can combine both things, you know, do the work of public health, you know, through 
your usual things, you know, your um, fair, you know, or something, but other things, you know, like educate people about their diabetes regimen or, or things, you know, work with this particular little gadget or that it's better when you um, get people where they are, you know, and you bring that to them instead of it, them coming to the clinic and trying to learn that there. Understanding that the main thing is the outcome, right? We want people to get better. We want people to learn, you know, how to use the blasted thing or how to do, what are tricks, you know, for this or that. And so, I don't know, I was fortunate that I was able to marry these two things that, I mean, now it's not that uncommon, but then it was like, well, why are you going to community, you know, and what, you know, and so. You had an initial interest in public health? Yes. And was it informed by community or, or did you start with public health and then you saw community and then you, they came together? Okay, so the chicken or the egg question. Yeah, it's a chicken or egg question. I'm curious. So, no, seriously. So when I got my bachelor's degree, it was in, in Pennsylvania. And so that was for social work and sociology. The sociology part was because I wanted to take statistics revelation right right oh i love statistics right. hate pure math i had right. taken ap to the hilt but love applied you know yeah. so um then i did not know about public health i had never heard of it i mean i you hear of the public sales but not as a right. perfect sure and then as you know as i practice you know and then i immediately heard about public health and, um, but it, it was already the, the community part was embedded because it was for my study for my bachelor degree that I came up with this. Yeah. So um, the idea of doing a collaboration with the people that will hopefully benefit from this knowledge is just incomparable. Yeah, you know? very applied. Like it has, yeah. to, it has to apply, it has to have meaning. I mean, we talk about this a lot in RealMD. It's, it's about figuring out where the meaning is, making meaning of, of the experience. Cause you're academically, you can have the experience, you can go through the steps, you can get the credential, but does, does that lead to meaning? Does it give you meaning while you're doing it? And does it lead to fulfillment later? You know? Well, you know, and it goes down to motivation. One motivates, you know, cause some, some people find meaning, a lot of meaning, a lot of meaning on their grades, for example. You know, and I, I, I mean, I like good grades. I like an A like everybody else, an A plus if I can have it. But at the same time, you know, a, a little risk, you know, is good too. A little, you know, extra. Like I'm, I know this is for me. It's not for a piece of paper. It's for me to edify me. So I'm willing to take that. And that's my mother. My mother was an educator. And she said, Mija, if you're going to be, a, a, you know, beholden to a piece of paper or a grade, so what somebody thinks of you, you know, that, that you have to go by you. And what you feel like you don't know, my God, learn it while you're in school. Don't wait to learn it out there, right. you know, when you're supposed to know. And these, these are little, little conversations, little ideas. But, and I didn't realize, and I would brush them off like, I see, yeah, I know, I know, you know, but right. they take hold, right? 
they they took hold. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love that advice. You know, a lot of times from parents, you'll get the other advice. I want to see the grade, you know, and um, I appreciate that that was already being instilled, that you've got to have, you have to go by you. That's such a great phrase, you know. So, so then yeah. you, this connection to community started forming. And really over the last three decades, you said, I mean, it's really had its own journey. Tell me about that. What, what sort of happened as you continued to marry this, these two ideas? Because it seems like that's been such a rewarding time. It has, and it has lasting friendships that um, withstand the test of time and geography. So for me, it was that way of, like, it was the warm embrace of, of culture that I pursued first because I was a minority here and I was never a minority in Puerto Rico. So it was, you know, where to, a soft place to fall as they say, but also then to find that the needs that they expressed, you know, were not being met or, or they were being met by people that were I, itinerants, you know, that they would come and go, you know, I'm talking about academics here. You know, and I thought, oh, no, I don't ever want to do that. that. That's the next idea. When I do research, I want it to be something that the community is interested in. But I still want to see what, it, what are you interested in knowing about, you know, how the community is responding. Or those things, you know, come natural in conversation and culture and, and things. It's not even like you have to set up a summit meeting. You just, you show up. And so when I um, advise or mentor, you know, rookie um, faculty, for example, they're like, how, how do you get connected? And I say, you know, you have something to offer and you are a member of the community as well. So, you know, to demystify it, just make a call and um, say, hey, I would like to meet with you. I want to see what the group is doing. I've heard such good things about it or what have you. Do your homework now. Read about the organization before you go. And then try to set up like, hey, I just wanted to meet you, what have you, without that pressure. And, um, you know, now the next people are going to test and they're going to say, hey, as a matter of fact, we're having a, um, a, a group for teens. Could you come and talk to them about I don't know, HIV prevention. And, you know, you need another thing to do, like a hole in the head, but Mm -hmm. you're going to say, sure, when is it? You know, and you're going to go. Community hours are not business hours. So that's the other thing that that you have to figure out, that you have to go at night, you know, after you get back, you know, from work, after after the parents get back, kids, or on Saturday, or sorry, Sunday, you know, and um, so these are the things that it's not that hard, but you have to show up and you have to follow through. And then, oh my gosh, people, you know, develop relationships relatively quickly if you tend to them, like anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think that's good advice. We often get questions from um, students, where should I start doing research? And there's pressure to box check. There's pressure to say, let me just do some things to do some things. And then you get a, you get groups of students who really figure it out that they should do something that they care about. And I appreciate what you're saying that the population, what does the population care about? And how could I, as a researcher with this project, do a better job of 
inquiry that helps them with something they need an answer for. And so I, I think that that's really um, great advice, even for beginner medical students who are joining these projects and trying to find oh my God, they, ways that oh, they can make a difference, you know? They love these students. They love them so much. Yeah. So now that we have this whole effort, you know, with community health workers right. um, coming into the, the classroom and the curriculum, you know, to go into communities, shadow CHWs when possible, yeah. you know, all these things, um, this, they always get the best reviews. Oh, there's, the yeah. students are so nice, you know, and, um, and all, the, all it takes is a modicum because people are like, I don't speak Spanish and I'm like, right. Okay. It just means that you won't be able to be as autonomous, you know, because somebody's going to have to translate for you. Sure. But um, it doesn't exempt you from going to, <laughs> to see the, right. the group, to go into the community. You're going to enjoy it probably more because you're free. Um, your ears are free from trying to understand everything. And, and just say with me, you don't speak whatever language yet. You can learn. You can learn a little bit, you know, at least some. Yeah. And you trot out that high school Spanish or whatever it is, boy, Ooh, right. you're the hero. It's just the, the idea that as a medical student, a medical student is um, trying to connect with them. Beautiful. Yeah. You talk about public health being at really at the center, right? The, the center of medicine, of the whole picture. What do you hope medical students um I guess, what do you hope for them by creating this big, this stronger connection between community health workers and having more immersive experiences out in the community? Yeah, I have seen many things, you know, that, that um, in, like in other countries, when I went to Dominican Republic, this was a while ago, they had a model of, of care where the physician went with a nurse and uh, I think like a social worker, a counselor, you know, and somebody else and um, to the home of the family. And if it was centered around Abuela, you know, the, the grandmother who's diabetic, then we're looking at the whole family and going through the kitchen and, you know, what are we having for dinner? And, you know, all this stuff to truly get that, um, how can we prevent? Because Abuela, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're we have some limits now, mm -hmm. but the little um grandson we can start there you know with mm -hmm. some things and and that impressed me so I thought oh my gosh this is you know this is really public health because what we want in public health were fanatics about preventing <laughs> everything right. once people get the disease we feel like a failure <laughs> we're never happy people because of that you know it's like oh my god I know there's primary secondary tertiary prevention however we really love that primary prevention. And um, so, you know, to get engaged into those levels of intervening as a physician, um, you carry so much authority. You know, when it's, it's one thing when somebody says, what you're going to do to drop some weight there, you know, um, or to your physician that says, how about if we set some goals? you know, for by the, I think I'm going to see you in three months. And let's see if we can set up some goals for um, losing a little weight. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to get all scared that it's going, you're going to have to drop a certain amount. I want you to, to just get your body used to, you know, getting into that, you know, I'm going to lose weight, you know, mentality. 
and um, offer ideas. Other than you need to lose weight, engaging the family is important because a person doesn't lose weight by themselves in a house right. <laughs> full of, you know, so to get the, the students and these bright students, we got some good ones, huh? Yes, we do. Ooh, but um, so get them oriented toward that, you know, that it's, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? You're, you're gonna continue seeing that first. And um, that you're on their side. If you, I always say, if you can sit next to the person, so that you're both looking in the same direction. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're headed in the same direction, and I'm in your team. You know, those little things. Uh, you think, who cares? I only have 12 minutes or whatever it is that you have, but they make they make a big difference, and they will make for a happier you as a physician because your outcomes will be better. I'm sure you have some stories. Just you talk about this warm embrace of community. Can you talk about, do you, do some stories come to mind about working in the community, just experiences that you've had with people? And One of the things that always makes me um, happy is to go with different people to community. Yeah. And notice I don't say the community. Right. I don't have a the separating me from community. Right. I, we're going to community. I like to go with different colleagues, you know, different disciplines. What each of them observes is, I'm like, oh my God, I never saw that. I've been here for years. You know, um, you know, go with an architect, you know, or go with, uh, right. it doesn't even have to be health. It's beautiful what everyone can bring. And um, I'm going to pick on an epidemiologist oh. <laughs> who came with me to explain about STD, STIs, mm-hmm. and, and that happened in this population, and we were trying to really, you know, control it. So he brings, oh my gosh, all these graphs, and he leans his head back. You know, somebody asks a question like, so what does that mean? Let me think how I can put this in a way you can understand. Yes, I wanted to die. <laughs> I wanted to die right there. Like, how could you be so pedantic, you know? And then so after that, he, you know, people are looking at each other, like, when should we kill him and with what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, this lady says, older, older lady, like maybe in her 80s, says, honey, if you know so damn much, why can't you explain it? That never has left me. So and that's why, you know, I, I usually say this, it, it, the students that are in my classes, they already have heard this story. Because mm-hmm. if you know so done on much, mm-hmm. put it in ways that anyone can follow. Yeah. I imagine that you've seen challenges along the way. Mm-hmm. Any challenges that you want to just talk about how you faced? Any stories come to mind? Well, I mean, I have plenty of stories and we're not out yet of the COVID because when it first started, I thought I was going to be back relatively to the degree that I left material that I was going to hand to my students. I left it all. When we started, we had no no vaccination, right? We dreamt of having a vaccine, right? Hold on to that because it becomes pertinent later. Right. So it was all about the testing. And so they opened testing in, um, you know, people wouldn't show up. We're like, you know, what are you doing? And of course, at that time, I don't know if you remember March, the cases of Latinos were like almost half of the cases were Latinos. Right. And, and yet the, the portion of people getting tested, it was Latino. So people are like, oh my God, 
you know, what are we going to do? And so the community health workers were like, well, you need to go to the community to have these test sites. How can you, how can they come over here with what, with what transportation and all this? So anyway, they put it in the different, you know, um, locations that were uh, accessible. Then comes the time for the vaccine. And this whole distinction of, you know, the um, essential workers are going to get vaccinated. To my surprise, that didn't include CHWs. Mm -hmm. They didn't include the community health workers. Not right away, but I mean, we had to pretty much fight for that. I'm like, what do you mean? These people are going to the people's homes. How much essential do you get? So we, you know, then had them get vaccinated and all that stuff. But it's like we forget every time, you know. So again, well, we're going to open the vaccination sites. Okay, where are they? Oh, they're here, here. No, they need to be. It's the, the default is this is where we are. Mm-hmm. We open the doors and people come in. Instead of we go to community mm-hmm. because they're busy, they have two jobs, they have, you know, they have no transport, they, you know, we are going to overcome this, what, you know, with the hesitancy, which in some cases was not hesitancy, it was lack of access, you know, but immediately it was turned into, oh, I don't want to get vaccinated, hey, you know, I don't want to get vaccinated either if I have to jump on, you know, three buses or whatever, and who's going to take care of, you know, things, so all that to say that the role of community is often underplayed. Um, maybe it's because they're viewed as um, accessory to, to what we do instead of being, that's where our students are ahead. The, our students know that yeah. community health workers are key and the community um, health workers were the ones that to me, they're the big heroes here. I think the medical staff also clinical, of course, I just feel like they're unsung. I think a lot of it is what I'm hearing is just the, the need for advocacy, that advocating for community health workers and um, helping medical students and the medical community understand the place that they hold, you know, in, in being essential, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, um, and the pandemic is a great example, but I think it's bigger than the pandemic, certainly. This is people who are on the front lines for all of these preventative um, measures and also just knowing what's happening in the community, you know, to tune into that and be able to explain in terms that really help that community overcome what they're facing. I think that that's very meaningful. So I assume that's why you started wanting to teach medical students. I had this kind of like a dream. I remember that's a dream. Students were with their graduation attire, hugging community health workers, you know, just celebrating like mad. And um, I thought, how, how do we get there? And so kind of piecing it together that I don't want it to be just an ornament on, on things. I want this to be baked in. I want this to be part of curricula as we know it, you know, as um the plan to teach someone something has to go through community health workers and community. It's important that they see that they learn that in the class that, that I teach with them and, and we teach it together is called community engagement primer. Mm-hmm. You know, the students, it's a safe space. The students ask, you know, something happened at clinic, 
I was a little uneasy about it, if I can bring it up. Mm -hmm. And it is just, you know, a dialogue. You know, we learned so much too through the pandemic and through the, you know, the murder of George Floyd. That um, it was just like a kick in the pants, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was so much we went through. But anywho, it just worked. And the students really um, have gravitated toward it and embraced it. And um, I don't blame them. I would like to go out there and feel confident, like I can treat anyone, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone the same and equally, but be, you know, as good as I am with one population and the other. I love the image of embracing community health workers, almost as a vision. Yeah. And it's just interesting how in our careers, you have these moments, whether it's a vision or a thought or an idea and you know that it's coming to you in a very pure way as something that you, maybe you don't know how you're going to get there, but you know that it needs to happen. I, I think that that's such a powerful thing in a, as someone navigates their career and that becomes more of a calling, you know. I have enjoyed talking to you so much. Thank you for Thanks. this. Thank you for the invite. Thank you. This episode of the RealMD podcast is produced and edited by Tom Hurtado and Ali Day. Special thanks to Scott Singpeel, Scope Radio, and University of Utah Health. The RealMD podcast is part of the RealMD program at the Spencer Fox Eccles School of Medicine at the University of Utah, which helps medical students find meaning, community, and purpose during their training and future careers. Our theme song, Energizer Bunny, is by my son's band, Hurtado. You can find our podcast on major platforms. Thanks for listening.